What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Abby Khan Show, where it is my job, my duty, to entertain you guys by interviewing, I guess you would call it, just really cool, interesting people, and hopefully that their journeys throughout their own life and overcoming certain obstacles throughout their lives can help inspire you to do the same. You might be going through some issues right now. We always are, and we always do. Remember, everyone is always fighting a battle we know nothing about, whether that is physically or mentally, but at least by hearing somebody else's story, it can help educate us, but also inspire us to keep moving forward and never giving up. So my guest today is a friend, a musician, an artist all around, who we're going to hear a lot about. But firstly, we're going to go into a very interesting story of him training with Shaolin monks, literally, which is pretty amazing and pretty cool. And I've never met anyone who's trained with Shaolin monks before. So it was very, very cool to hear that from him. And then we're going to jump straight into the podcast. So guys, if you do enjoy, please share it. I'd love to be able to just keep pushing this podcast and help, again, inspiring people and educating people on all different areas and aspects of life. So without further ado, here is my podcast with Mr. Julius Tool. Tell me a little bit more about China. Yeah, so China, I was probably 23 at the time, 22, 23 at the time. And basically, I lived up here on the sunny coast for a year and my the, the girl I was with was going overseas. So I was kind of thinking about doing something else and it, this, this idea came up of living in a Shaolin Kung Fu school in China. So um, it was actually on an SBS TV program that, that this guy was living with different cultures. And that's what I saw on uh, just one night. And I was like, that looks sick. Like, I um, wonder if you can do that. So I just kind of Googled it and then looked again, just worked my way through the hoops and there was no hindrance. So um, ended up, yeah, in China, in Chufu, which is actually where Confucius is buried. It's like in the middle of China. Um, and yeah, I was living in a Shaolin Kung Fu school where there was probably 30 students from all over the world, um, four Shaolin masters that had lived in the temple. So there's two temples in China. They take about, from what I understand, 10,000 students a year. And it's an incredible honor for the family. Like if your kid, and they go in at like five, six years old. And if your kid gets chosen, like, yeah, it's an incredible honor, but it's like a boarding school, I guess. So they were the trainers there. And you train Monday to Friday, six hours a day. And then you had the weekends um, to do your own thing, but no one spoke in English or anything like that. So you didn't do a whole lot. Mm. It was freezing cold. It was minus 10. Um, and yeah, man. And so we'd like you'd do Shaolin takedowns. You'd do um, like Chinese um, kickboxing. You were doing Qigong. Like I know a Qigong um, full form. Um, then you were doing like your actual Shaolin forms and you'd be graded. It was awesome. There was, I was only there for about two months, but there was, um, I met one French guy who'd been there for two and a half years. He was probably 25. And as he explained it to me, he was like, this is uni for me. Like, because you got fully graded and you were trained by a Shaolin Kung Fu master. So you were a badass. Nah, not at all. I was <laughs> just I was just a small fish in a big pond <laughs> there. But about a French guy, he'd have been there for... Oh, he, yeah, man, he was crazy. But this is the, out of the whole experience, probably the best thing was what I saw. Like, just seeing mm. the guys training, like the real experienced guys and the masters. Like, um, I've still got footage of one of the masters who was only 21. He was young. His master. Yeah, and he was sparring one of... There were some sick fighters at the, where, where we were. Um, and he was sparring with one of these wrestlers who was also a kickboxer. And he would have had 20 kilos on him, I reckon. It's just crazy. It's like almost superhuman, like stuff that I saw. With, that was the best part of it all, in my opinion. Like just the things I saw. But... Um, but yeah, so they're like, even the French guy, he was there for about two and a half years. My understanding is he did stay, even moving on. His name was John. Um, and then he went back to France and opened his own um, school. 
and there was like there was an Aussie guy there that was he'd been there for eight months. There was a guy from the UK. These guys became good friends with. He was there for about a year and a half. So they were serious. Like they were, they, they knew what was going on. It was really cool, and it was an eye opener. And it was also going to China and experiencing um, another culture, mm. and all that was um, a real serious eye opener too. So yeah, that was that was China. It was pretty cool. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? So welcome to another episode of the Abby Khan Show. I am your host, as always. Abby Khan, if somebody else is running this podcast, then call the police because I've been murdered and captured and kidnapped. <laughs> so today's podcast, I'm super, super excited to introduce Mr. Julius Tool, who is a musician, a manager of a supplement store and all things, I guess, <laughs> creative, so, which we're about to delve into. So uh, Jules, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Man, thank you very much for having me. No, you're totally oh. welcome, totally welcome. So um for the people that like don't know you, uh, can you just give us a little bit of an intro as to who you are and, and a little bit about you? Yeah, for sure. So I live up here on the Sunshine Coast and I manage a supplement store in Mooloolaba. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, I, I am well and truly into my music in between and um, trying to get more into it more recently. Um, and yeah, that's generally, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And for those of you who aren't watching, I mean, if you hit record on that. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm just making sure we're recording. Who aren't watching on YouTube, you are arguably the biggest fucking musician that I have ever seen. All right, so <laughs> not, I don't know just, about that. He's not just a typical Justin Bieber looking musician. <laughs> you are jacked. <laughs> so, Thanks, um, you're you too. You thank, too. Oh, thank, thank you. Uh, I, I have strumming guitar three or four times. Uh, so I'm technically a musician. Um, so... Today, basically, what we're going to be just delving into is I want to know a little bit about you and your background. Obviously, off camera, we discussed a little bit of this, but you started very, very young in your career as a musician and also playing at the Tamworth Music Festival. For you guys in Australia, you know exactly what that is. For those of you outside of Australia, it is a very, very well-renowned uh, country music festival here in Australia. So tell us a little bit about how, how music sort of started in, in your life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, so when I was about four, um, that's when I started performing. Um, so we had a family country music band, um, which we yeah performed every every year in Tamworth for ten years, which was ten days of performing morning and night, about four hours each. Um, but also everything in between. So we're doing lots of um, RSLs and stuff like that, weddings, like tons of gigs. So my old man, my daddy, was um, still very very much so into music and uh, did a lot of it when he was young as well. So smart like um to do it with his family um and allowed to be able to be able to continue so yeah my little sister was two at the time i was four and then my older sister was six is which is when it really kicked off so and we've got footage of yeah being on the streets of tamworth with with the crowds and the gold vests and the hat country hats and the boots scooting and the all the rest of it so um it's it is great memories without a doubt and that's um as much as i i i don't hate country music um, I enjoy all types of music, but it's definitely not what, not, not my taste. Um, but growing up, it, it definitely taught me a lot and, um, it was a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's obviously fueled the passion for music, would you say? Like, so what, what did you start off doing? Like, were you a singer? Were you on the instruments? What, what did you start off doing when you were uh, four? Yeah. So we were just, me and my sister, we were just all singing. So just standing there singing, even up to the age of 13. So, um, which I, I, which, which, which motivated me later on from 13 onwards to learn as many instruments as I could because, yeah, up to that, up to that point, I wanted to learn um, 
didn't take the time or I didn't um, I didn't put the effort in or I didn't have the right avenues available. But um, yeah, so just up to that stage, we were all just singing. Um, and then from there, yeah, I started learning guitar and, and bass and realized that that correlates and uh, drums and, and, and all the rest of it. And piano, did piano lessons for a few years. So, so how many instruments can you play? How many? It's only those basic ones. So it is, it is your guitar, your bass, your drums, um, piano. Really like oh just the basic ones, but to a non-musician <laughs> like me, I'm like, shit, that's impressive. <laughs> no, and then um, my parents got me a banjo a few years ago, so I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to work that out. I love the banjo, but um, like is it Willie, Willie Nelson? Is that the old country? No, nah, just like because you can do so much with it, and that's why I want to try and include it in some way to my more um, you know alternative original music. So, mm. but I don't know yet. We'll see how that pans out. Maybe it won't pan out. But I do. I just. I really enjoy the sound of a banjo. For some reason, maybe that's the country coming out in me a little bit. Probably is. Right, okay. So uh, we're at 13 years old now. So what happened from around 13? Yeah, so from 13, pulled the pin on the country music band. I really wanted to get out of that. Um, As much as my father especially wanted to continue, for me, it was just, it was, um, I was 13 and I was still wearing gold vests and hats and I could just only sing and, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't gonna um, work out well for me if I continued. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so yeah, from that I was in high school and I connected with a couple of guys, and we created a band, um, as what, you do. What was band called? Vetna. 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 Yeah. What, so, has, uh, what's the what does that mean? Mean is that uh, man? I've still I've means nothing. I've still got the pencil case at home <laughs> that I was in Virgin whatever Dyson. year seven, just you know when you write stuff, and I I've still got the pencil case where I put it together, Vetna. And uh, yeah, it means nothing to just put it together. And um, yeah, we had a little band, um, which was a ton of fun. And then by the time we were 15, it was a lot of luck, but we got lucky and we um, won a recording, two days recording in Sony BMG Studios from this from this band competition, a big band comp in Sydney. Um, and while we were there, we got offered a contract with the producer, and which was cool. But the engineer from Sony that was in there just quietly said to her, because our folks were there, and that, he just said to them, look, I'm actually interested as well. Um, if I don't know what you're doing at the moment, but what the plan is here, but I'd be interested to, to, to work something out with you guys. So we went away, um, looked at both contracts, and then obviously it just made sense to go with the guy from Sony because he had access to the studio and he was working with all the big names. Um, he was cool, he was a bit younger, it just seemed the way to go. So we did. And um, he committed four years um, and all of his time and money into us to make an album, which was which was a great experience. Um, and he, yeah, mastered, uh, mixed, mastered, released, and we got a couple. We got two on Triple J um, for a short period there, and then we were touring the the East Coast a little bit. The drummer of the band, who was my best mate, he um, he got he was playing with another band that were a little bit older as well. But he was my best mate all through high school. We, we put the band together um, right from the get-go. And this other band was having some great success. And they were signed with Universal, believe it or not. Wow. So it was like... And then by the, so by the time we were probably 18, 19, that's when um, we basically just, had to, just said to him, look, if you have to pick one band, like you have to pick one. Um, and he picked the other band, which is fair enough. Like they were playing... Oh, I can't even remember. They were playing with some big names. Um which was awesome. I mean, I would have made the same decision to be fair. <laughs> anyway, so he went that way and then um, we probably lasted another year. We got another great drummer, but me personally, I, I, I felt very detached after that. Plus, um, you know, I started training a little bit 
and I was starting to find an interest in that and I knew that I needed to get more rest and or like I needed to be eating more frequently. So um, that kind of was tearing me that way a little bit as well. And then that was pretty much it by the time it was 19, 20, it was done, like the, the band ceased and um, I didn't really do anything from that point onwards. Like I did acoustic stuff and play some mates weddings and things like that and do some open mic nights. But um, done a couple of studio recordings like in the last couple of years, but haven't released anything or anything like that. But that's that's the plan very soon. Yeah, so. yeah. well, I mean, we're going to get to your, your bodybuilding and what your plan is at the moment. But going back to where you were at at that time, obviously really young, uh, but signing with Sony, I mean, how did that feel? Being, I mean, being that young and signing with Sony, like how did that sort of impact your your life? Yeah, man, it was it was awesome. So it was, I still remember sitting in the side room, like we're all sitting there and the album was pretty much done. We were talking strategies to release, and the guy that we were working with, like he he produced Augie March and um, somebody else. So he'd done it, like, and he was like, "Oh, look, this is set, this is set in stone." And I just remember sitting there thinking, "Done it." Like I was like 17, 18. I was like, I'm done. Like I've done it. This is sick. Like it's, it's done. Like it's set. Like we've, this album's done. Like we're getting traction. Um, yeah. And then it didn't, like it didn't work out. But, I mean, essentially because we pulled the pin. Like I was one that really in the end was like, I'm, I'm done. Um, so it was really, it's on me. But, uh, and then for it to not to work out, like even for the years moving on, like it, it's actually been pretty, like it, I try to say to myself, I try and be always positive, focus on the positives and such an awesome opportunity and like, you know, youth. So I'm super grateful, but it also sucked that it didn't mm. work out and it was, it was, it was she kind of trying to deal with that, I guess, to some yeah. extent without really saying, because I couldn't really say to anyone, oh, you know, I had so much opportunity. It was so wonderful. So much great stuff. Didn't really want to complain, but it, it sucked yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that it didn't work out. So yeah, it was really, really cool. It was, it felt unbelievable. Yeah, it was great. And what about that time? Do you think, obviously, being being so young, um, and it, I guess not working out the way it wanted to. What made you sort of want to, I guess, pull the pin? Because obviously, you've been a musician since you were like four, essentially in the industry, and you got to the stage where you'd signed with Sony, and then obviously four years after after signing with them, you were like, I'm out. Like, how did that sort of, I guess, impact your life? Yeah, so, uh, it, it, it was partly because my best mate that left the band, um, without a doubt. We that lose motivation, you were like, oh. Yeah, we were super tight, like super tight. Um, and we just like, even when we play music, like I've never had somebody else that I've played music with and we just look at each other and I just know what's going on. We just know what's going on. We just, we just learnt together so much. So I just, and, and, and I was training, so, and, and, and hey, I was partying, like starting to party, and I was starting to delve into that, and that was probably another yeah, factor without a doubt. But the training as well, like I, I was starting to work out, and I mm. was starting to see some results, and I wanted to um, pursue that to some extent, and as you know, when you're 18, 21, you start going out, I like the element of being, you know, working out and being yeah. fit, being bigger, um, and all the rest of it, so... Yeah, that was that was kind of 
what pulled me away a few okay. different things but yeah and what what got you into i guess working out training things like that was it the typical Arnold Schwarzenegger seeing him <laughs> in pumping iron or what, looking at bodybuilding magazines. Is, was it bodybuilding? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was, um, <laughs> it was probably Dragon Ball Z. Yes. 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 I, I swear to God. You want to talk like Goku? <laughs> You're like, yeah. I want to look like fucking yeah, Goku. Yeah, man. I, honestly, I truly believe that that's why it's such a big thing for so many guys. Like, I, It was for me. Man, like it was such a, like, you were just like, look how jacked these guys are. Yeah. Like, that's, why wouldn't you not want to look like that? that I still look at it and I'm like, why would you not yeah. want to look like that? So, yeah, no, Dragon Ball Z, but that's why even uh, even young growing up, I had some weights in my room and I liked just, I didn't know what I was doing, but I liked doing a bit and flexing and I'm trying to, trying to grow it. Again, didn't know what I was doing, but then Dragon Ball Z. I love Dragon Ball mm. Z. Um, and then I did gymnastics for about five years from up to seven years old till about 13 mm-hmm. I was actually second in the New South Wales state the state team at one stage wow yeah. yeah but I broke my leg then when I was 13 that was another reason why I pulled the pin on that but that doing that I didn't know at the time but build up a bit of a well build up a great foundation to mm-hmm. be able to grow muscle um, so then when I like and then I played footy and did all the standard things but then I was uh, I got the lead role um, in, a, in the Grease musical when I was 17 so you played John Travolta. I played John Travolta, yeah. 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 Which was sick because it was our high school. It was the, the the boys' school and the girls' school get together. We did like three or four shows of like 800 to 1,000 people. Like it was, Jeez. it was no joke. It was How cool. Solid is that? But it was when I got that opportunity, I um, I wanted to work out. That's when I actually, because I had a good friend who was a bit older that, um, that worked out. So I kind of reached out to him and we started training in his garage. And even he early on was like, I just wanted to lift heavy. I didn't know what I was doing, but he slowed me down right from the get-go. Lightweights, wow. heaps of form. It annoyed me. I hated it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was the greatest thing ever, like, um, you know, in hindsight. so That's really surprising because even nowadays you don't get that. Yeah. You know, even for people that have been training 20, 30 years, like, that still doesn't happen. That's one of those, in my opinion, one of the most broken things about yeah, for the sure. fitness industry. Not learning correctly when you're young. Yeah. Yeah, and look, and again, I can I can see why most people don't because I remember at the time just thinking, ah, oh, stop it like as he was he would keep me on much lighter weights and really slow you know really controlled um but it but i mean again it was great in the long run and that's when i started really seeing results and Mm. just seeing my body change quite quickly and that obviously is a big motivator when Mm. you start seeing those results so that was all around that time 17 18 still doing the band stuff and it was like oh there's an interest there i could see my body changing so that also had an impact without a doubt yeah this conversation massively took a turn for everybody watching and listening. We're about to talk about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it's four hours. <laughs> I'm keen at I'm keen at um, You know what? I actually got all the series again. Maybe oh, maybe, maybe two. Amber, I'm moving in. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving in. We're moving up here. Maybe two years ago. And I went back and watched it. And I, it, it's like anything. It's so different. And it's so like, that's the world. I don't know. Like just colorful mm. in those other parts. And then it gets so hectic and dark. Yeah. I love it. Like. Because I just kind of pass, bypass. Like, I, when I'm watching, I'm like, I can't remember this, like, all this color mm. stuff. And then when it gets hectic, and it's just like whole episodes of them just staring at each other. And they're all jacked. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For like nine episodes. <laughs> it's the most exciting yeah. thing in the world. Like, yeah, I literally watch it before school. Yeah. And yeah, watch somebody scream yeah. for 30 minutes, go, go, go to school, and then the next day carry on. Yeah. They go for like a week. It's the most entertaining thing in the world. Yeah, it honestly it's a great show great yeah. show I love it it's the, it's the best anime of all time in my opinion I, I always say to uh, I always say to Emma that I, I want to just binge watch the hell out of it yeah 
In yeah. fact, what I do want to do, um, I want to like rewrite the the feature film of Dragon Ball Z. Did yeah. you watch the, the Dragon Ball one? I, d- I did. I'm glad you brought it up. It was horrible. Horrible. It was disgraceful. They had so much potential oh. to do. Like, it could be the greatest. It's still, it, whoever gets it, I don't know why no one's done it yet. It's going to be the greatest movie of all time. It's, yeah. They're going to make a killing. How has no one latched onto no. it as an investment? Like, Well, that's it. I will go to that movie 100%. If it's terrible again, I'll still go. Like, why are they not? Yeah. Yeah, you still watch it. um, I'm just putting it out there that I'm going to be the one to do it. If anyone steals my idea, I'm going to fuck you up. I'll play Krillin. (laughs) Got the head. (laughs) (laughs) But you'll be bigger than than everybody else. For those who don't know, Krillin is a great character, but he's very small and minuscule and pathetic. Compared to everybody else. Well, maybe I'll be... He's um, still a badass. It's more so the bald X. My mate calls me Krillin all the time. You can be TN. <laughs> TN, no, I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. TN, I'll be happy yeah. with TN. You can do that. He's, they're all jacked, so... Exactly right. You can definitely <laughs> I'm going to keep you in mind. Like, I know keep me in mind. Character. I'm keen on I know the character. Um, <laughs> you, know what I have, you know what I haven't seen, though? I haven't seen any of the new ones. The, the, super, the GT no. or Super. Yeah. I watched GT for a while and that got really good. Um, but it was literally as I was transitioning from like playing footy at that time because uh, I played professional footy back in the UK oh nice um, so it was that transition of like getting too busy and not watching it yeah uh, but Dragon Ball Super apparently is insane so oh, right. I do need to get back to it but again it's yeah. just time yeah, yeah. it's just time. Not time there. bit of guitar yeah. bit of Super exactly right <laughs> but anyway we digress um, but I hope you can see and hear by the passion that we've got for Dragon Ball Z if you've never seen it before <laughs> Please go and see it because it's amazing. Um, all right, so we, we transitioned into obviously lifting weights. You did gymnastics for a while. Like you did a really good bit of foundation. You had the guy a little bit older than you that was training you, which was great. So how did that transition now? So we've taken, we've essentially stopped music or we're playing it a little bit from time to time and now we're into training. So yep. how did that, let's go through that path from where you are there into how you became, uh, you know, managing supplement stores and things like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So how did that happen? So, yeah, from 19, like, didn't play any music, and I, and I started training, um, and I got way more into it, to say the least, until um, 21, and then, like, in that period, I was making some mistakes, and just making a bit of a mess of the life, and looking back, you know, I broke up with the, the high school sweetheart, and I, I did struggle with that, and then also the music stopped. And then the training and that, I was kind of got a bit aggressive and ended up with like, yeah, like, you know, in court with assault charges mm-hmm. and things like that. Drink driving rests. And um, then when I was 21, um, I just like, because my parents were really helpful, but I felt like they were just kind of, just remember this one night where there was an incident and I'm like, I just remember my mom's look was just like, she knew she couldn't do anything else like to help. <clears throat> and it was up to me. And, um, so after that, I stopped like going out for two, two or three months, and then I left. When I was twenty-one, I just knew that I had to leave the coast altogether. So I um, packed up and I lived in my car for like two months, mm. just up and down the east coast. I was just driving, and just yeah, just just busking in Byron Bay, just doing a little bit of stuff like that. Um, and then I've been to the sunny coast once before, and I really enjoyed it. So I, I when I stopped here after a couple of months, I gave myself two weeks in a youth hostel, and I thought I'll try and get a job. Cause I want to be here, so I and I got a job, and I was working in wholesale fruit and veg actually, like um, warehousing, and that's what I'd done in my teens, like as part time. So that I had a lot of experience in that, and it's easy to get a job if you've got that experience in that industry. So got a job up here, and I was here for a year, still training, and I did some sprint training. I had a good friend that was into that, so we did that. 
still wasn't in the supplement stores, but I introduced myself to one of my best mates now who opened the mass nutritions on the Sunshine Coast here. Um, and I just said to him, look, I'm interested in competing or finding out more about it. And he, he just guided me from that point on. So um, wrote me a diet, did some training, explained to me you know, the ins and outs of it. Um, and then that's when I got involved with the supplement store, just briefly. And then I just had an opportunity to open my own. Because that came on really quickly because this is as mass nutrition was kind of popping. So, and when I went home to see my folks, my parents are very business minded. My dad said, well, what's involved with opening one of these stores? And I said, I don't know. Like, I'm not really sure. He said, well, ask your mate. So I reached out to him because I was just back home on a holiday. Got the information and basically we just kept jumping through the hoops as you do with opportunities. And it was like, just didn't come up against any, you know, um, anything that held us back. And then I came back here on the coast. Um, I was just doing part-time there and I was still working in the fruit and veg. And then, um, yeah, my, it was just the opportunity came too. And my folks were like, do you want, let's do it on the coast where I grew up. So I moved back <clears throat> to Kingcumber, Mass Nutrition Kingcumber. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was 23 then and I opened that supplement store. And that's when um, I competed for the first time. Um, and that's when I met Lane, um, you know, about, about a year later. And yeah, I was there for, had that for two years before, before selling that and coming back up here. And that's where I've been since. Oh, cool. So guys, for those of you who don't know, Lane has been on a previous podcast. So if you've not seen that, please do go and check it out. We talk all things psychology. I think there's, I think there's a little bit of anime in there. I can't really remember. Lane <laughs> been a big fan as well. And obviously you're representing Milestone Strength guys with a cool t-shirt he, there. They know this is my favorite shirt too. I wear this shirt all the time. Yeah. So that's a Milestone Strength. So it's, it's uh, owned by uh, Lane Fletcher and Nathan McCallum as well. I still don't have a t-shirt. Don't I you? No. Oh. I, did, I just assume I get given one. I've got to sing that upstairs. Oh. Look up. It's, it's yeah, similar. It's, it's, it's <laughs> I'm going to walk in there like, how the fuck did you get that? <laughs> um, so we've we've gone into obviously compete what what uh, category and, and foundation fe- uh, federation sorry did you compete in so the first one we did was um ifbb yeah and it was um ifbb pro league now but it was just the novice i did the last bidex which is now the arnold classic mm. in melbourne um and i just did the novice lineup and i got 16th out of 31 mm-hmm. so the photos of it still like i'm just stoked because i knew the goal was i just wanted to i wanted to achieve that goal yep. and get on stage so yeah i was really happy with that um, and then the following week I did the IFBB, um, Australasians and in Sydney and took third, um, which was awesome in nice. the novice out of nine guys. So that was cool. And I had a totally different look. I kind of was a bit more newer, say what I knew what I was doing, but I was more comfortable without a doubt, um, rolling into it. And yeah, I had a good, I really, I thought that was a good look that I brought to that one. And then, um, and do you want me to continue on with the competing? Because I did, I've done... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of people that do compete that do listen yeah. to the podcast. So absolutely, the more, I guess, the more insight... Yeah, for sure. You've got, because I know there's a lot of first-timers, like, getting into it. Yeah. And sort of like, okay, what happens? How does it feel? What's the experience like? So, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so then, yeah, that was the week following week. And then, um, roughly a year later, I did the NABBA North Queensland and took second out of 10 guys there, which was awesome. And then about six months later, I did the IFBB Queensland Arnold Qualifier and took third, but I didn't deserve to take that third, to be completely honest. Um, you got to be in it to win it, though. That was a good one of those days. Yeah. And then after that, I did just last year, February 2018, I did um, the, again, the IFBB Queensland Qualifier, the under 90 kilos. So, and I didn't place in that. So, 
Yeah, but that was cool. That was a every prep has been um, different, better in some ways, harder in others. Um, competing isn't for everybody. It isn't for everybody. That's what I've realized, um, and even myself, I don't know if that's what I want to do in the future again. I really like maintaining a physique. I like looking a certain way, like a character from Dragon Ball Z. And <laughs> and I like the lifestyle and I like the balance. And, and that's why, because over time, every time I competed, I was like, I want to maintain a better look. Like, you know, why do I have to go so extreme to look like this when you really, you don't. Like, at, like you know, you can look great just by being consistent. So like the way I picture it, even in store to people and the, like just anybody is try and be 70, 75% proactive with your food at the very least every day. And the way to break that down is, you know, if you're having four meals a day, three of them are spot on. And that's generally how I go about it. And then one of them is whatever you want, especially on the training days. And especially with nutrient timing, understand, you know, post-workout especially, that would be the time to have that meal. Um, and that's that's essentially how I, um, how I live my life even now. And it's just, I continue to improve. It even surprises me like, I quietly say to some of my good friends, if people knew how little effort I put in these days, honestly, and it's like to, to look how I look, it's, um, it's, it's almost like just knowing how I've competed and the effort I put in and now, like just being consistent, just being consistent, having a better understanding. And it is quite simple, like the nutrients and, and, and um, nutrition itself. If you get the basic stuff right, like, and I find even in the sub stores, people do, they're looking for those, you know, they're looking at the micronutrition probably too much and it has its place without a doubt, but your macros, your protein, carbs and fats, get that right first and you'll look how you want to look yeah. and you'll most likely be much healthier too. Like yeah. people are really zoned in on the micronutrition, vitamins, minerals and whatnot, um, but they're not doing the basic stuff right. Yeah, I think you, you've touched on something really, really important I think we should delve into is that a lot of people do especially with the rise of social media and, and, and the, the term, I guess, health, and I've done um, a lot of posts and, and previous vlogs on this, is this sort of term health is very arbitrary because it, it doesn't necessarily have a definition or a mean. It means different to every single person. And so many people are like, it's got to be organic. It's got to be, um, you know, it's got to be vegan. It's got to be whatever it is. And they're looking to the extremes rather than going, okay, why did you just figure out how to calculate macros and calories and figure that out. Let's look at the baseline fundamental principle to everything is understanding energy balance. If you don't understand energy balance, you will not get results regardless if you're doing keto, high carb, low carb, whatever it might be. So as you said there, you need to get the basics right, but you need to put the effort into understanding it rather than looking at the micronutrients and like, oh, this has got vitamin D, A, D, E, and K, essential vitamins, or this has got you know um, X amount of amino acids in there, whatever it might be, it's like, cool, well, do you even track your fucking food intake? Yeah. No, they're not out of the shit matters anyway. Yeah. So what are you doing? You know, like, are you tracking your, your training volume? Are you tracking steps? You can cardio, whatever it sort of might be. Are you doing any of the, I guess, the basic fundamentals right? And if you're not, then nothing's going to happen anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't fucking matter. Um, and as you sort of said there, I think a lot of it comes down to behavior. As you said, with competing, you prep by prep things probably get a little bit easier and easier and easier theoretically um, obviously the, the physical kept uh, tracking foods in low energy levels and low sex drive and with shitty yep. sleep and all that sort of stuff is going to come as a byproduct but unless uh, you put yourself in a situation where you have to change your behavior where you have to go okay i actually need to track my food i actually need to weigh my food i actually need to go to the gym i actually need to do all these little fundamental principles and results aren't going to happen anyway yeah you know 
Um, so you said there, which I think is really important, I did a vlog on this uh, a little while ago, I had a photo shoot earlier this year about, and I touched on it in that vlog, there is a difference between stepping on stage and for example, just going through a fat loss journey or doing a photo shoot. So I, I got very lean relative to me, but the extreme is where you were at and getting on stage. So you said there, it's not for everybody. So just talk about your experience with, with that statement of like, it's not for everybody. Yeah, so like even when I first met my mate who um, guided me, I ate so well. I ate really well. I never had a chocolate bar. Like I was never having a fizzy drink or anything like that. That sounds horrible. But I, but, <laughs> but the thing is, I didn't like it. wasn't a it, I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, I enjoyed. It was, like I was just yeah. happy to do that. I get that, I get that. And then when I started prepping, like he, he explained, like these are your meals. Um, this is it's very controlled and whatnot. Um, and then on Sunday for five hours, you can have whatever you want. And he was like, you can drink fat. If you just want to drink fat, you can do that. If you, whatever. And I was like, oh, what? Like, you know, cans of Coke and stuff like that. He was like, man, whatever you want. So on those Sundays, I started having stuff I would never have that I didn't really want to have. But I, it, 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 was just, it was just, I don't know, I flicked a switch and I shouldn't have done that. Because even now, I definitely have like an eating disorder of some sort mm. like that, I, that I'm aware of all the time, which is what what's great about that is that it, it taught me it made me want to learn more about nutrition to be able to work around it and understand you know yeah it's, it is calories in versus calories out carb backloading changed my life when I worked that out um, intermittent fasting is generally my foundation my base is like I haven't had anything to eat today I don't have trained but intermittent fasting I really like that and then just kind of putting more together but in regards to yeah competing is not for everybody it's just not like, cause even when you say like where your body fat levels, um, getting, you know, great, looking great. You oh, could, thank you. honestly, you uh, could, you could, <laughs> you, you could get on stage and you'd be leaner than some of the guys that are on stage. That's why anyone that's doing a show or wants to do a show especially their first one. I'm a re I'm a big motivator of, um, do it. Like don't, don't, you know, don't set, I spoke to someone about it this morning. Don't set the expectation too high. They were saying they're 24 weeks out, like 24 weeks out, you're lean, you look good. And I understand people that do do those preps, but I think you need to build. I personally know what I now would build up to that. I would do. I would try and look decent, and then I would set like that's what I was saying on as well. Like there's comps all the time. Get your calendar, set a photo shoot up, so you've got a goal, but you, and just quietly work towards. Hey, there's also a comp the week before or week after, depending on how. And if you've got some. Oh, <laughs> we've got somebody on standby for the camera doing its thing. Everyone that you know for this podcast. <laughs> As it kicks back in, and we're back on. Sorry, we're back. No, no, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, um, just well, I would work towards that those big preps because yeah, you know, if you're looking, if you're looking good and you're fairly lean, the first time you get on stage, it's never gonna be your best showing ever. It's just not. So if you can tick the boxes and have someone that's got some good eyes as well, just to be like, yeah, man, yeah, you look, you look good enough, or you look great, or no, nah, I wouldn't. You know, just do the photo shoot. And work towards it again. There's another comp in four weeks. There's another comp in three weeks. There's, there, there, are, there are comps all over the place. So uh, that's how I look at it, and that's how I would suggest it to people. Opposed to, like, I made it this huge, big goal that just was all of a sudden crushing me. I was like, it, sh it shouldn't have been that. It shouldn't have been that. And I could have been, and I've pro progressively gotten better for that reason now because I'm like, I want to look four to six weeks out all the time. Because eventually, because I was like, well. Why can't I do that? Like I see physique guys, I see guys walking around that do look like that. So they're you know just at the beach. What are they doing? Work it out. 
intermittent fasting, carb backloading, nutrient timing, calories in versus calories out, you know, um, tracking your, um, your training, progressive overload, stuff like that. And all of a sudden, and then just being a bit consistent. Like just, that's why even now, like I honestly feel my effort is coming down. It feels like my effort is coming down. I mean, it, it may be a ton of effort for, for some people, but my results are continuing. I feel like it's my body's just really getting um, locked into maintaining this physique. Like, like that's that new homeostasis. Yeah. This is the norm. This yeah. is the balance now. I'm just able to maintain lean muscle and, 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 and a look much easier than it's ever been before. So yeah, that's my take on it. So competing's not for everybody, but I must say that first diet you do, it's um oh, it's very it's almost spiritual. Like you, you like as you know, like when yeah, one of my mates said to me early on, he was like, "It's an experience money can't buy you. Money can't buy you getting in shape. Like, like you know, really getting in shape. And it's just, and it is, you know, 80 percent food. Like, it's it's the food. If you're working out and your food's on point, and you're just doing general workouts and your food's on point, you can get in good shape. The food's so hard, and no one else is putting that food in your mouth. Like, it's yeah. your own hands. That's what I thought. Like, it's the ultimate challenge. Like, because it's so simple." And I think that's why it becomes so addictive for people because it is, it's so much discipline. It's your hands. No one's putting the food in your mouth. Like it's always you that's sabotaging yourself if you do or you're the one that you you are making the decision to to not eat and your body wants the food. Like it's the most conflicting, you know, <laughs> goal of like, I've got to train more and burn as much energy as I can but maintain the lean muscle tissue. So, but you've got to starve yourself. That's why I remember someone else said like, it's um when you're, you know, if you're training for playing footy or, or, or um, cricket or something like that, you can you go do the training, then you can come home and eat. Like it's not based on how you look, like it's based on your performance. Whereas this, you go do all the training, but then you come home and you're starving yourself. Like you're eating specifically, it's just 24 seven, just mental like, oh yeah. So that's why I do appreciate it. And I do feel like everyone should do something like that just to see what they're made of. <laughs> Absolutely, I think. As you said there, computer's not for everything. There's so much of a psychological, um, I guess, factor to it of, like you said, it, it does fuck with your mind a lot. Like you are hungry. Like you've got to prevent yourself from binging or from having that little bit of an extra snack. Or if you're tracking your macros, that little bit of extra peanut butter on the spoon, like you have to yeah. put it back in the jar. <laughs> you can't just lick it. Yep. Like there's so much of a psychological element to it. I did speak about this on a, pre on a previous vlog is that a lot of those physiological factors and psychological factors, some of the psychological factors are binge eating. It's this negative association with food. It's you know, creating uh, potential eating, eating disorders for a lot of a lot of competitive athletes. We're looking at the physiological, looking at low testosterone, looking at low sex, um, uh, low libido, sorry, so low sex drive. We're looking at shitty sleep patterns. Like there's Ugh. so much that affects you. And regardless of all that, you've got to keep going anyway. Yeah. And that's where the challenge is at, where you've just got to keep going. Initially, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Like still on relative amount of calorie, calories, like you're training enough but as you get deeper and deeper and deeper into prep, that's where things really start to fucking suck. And then for some people you're talking, depending on how ready you are and genetically how blessed you are, you could be eight weeks out still and still have to fucking grind and grind and grind away. Yeah. Like you just have to just keep going regardless. Yeah. You know, so I definitely agree with you saying, I think that's, I've never heard it put like that as in it's almost spiritual. Because that's, that's how it felt to me. Definitely just, is. Yeah, because you just, you're so in your head and you really have to, you have to you know, be in control of what you're thinking and what you're doing. Hmm. 
24-7, like you go to sleep, laying there hungry, you wake up, I'm hungry, <laughs> I can't sleep. Ugh. Like it's just, and then you have the day and you're supposed to work and maintain relationships and it's like, mm, mm, yeah. yeah. And for what? That's what I look at now, like with the competing, like competing, everyone wants to do a comp and that's cool. Like I was there too and I've, I've done a few, but for what? Like what do you, what? Like, I, like Nathan McCallum, phenomenal physique, looks unreal and does he need to compete? Not at all. Like, and I, like I know we've spoke. I've spoke to him about it before. I've heard him say, like, I don't think it'd benefit him competing. Like, there's no like, what validation is there? Like, to maintain a great physique. I mean, that's great. That's what you want, isn't that what you want? That's like, why do you need to? That's just, and again, that's just my opinion of it. There are some people that compete. I see it all the time. There's guys in Australia that are pro pro athletes now. From their first comp, they loved it. They obviously have the discipline and the mindset and, and the drive and they just nail it and nail it and better and nail it and get better and nail it. And that's awesome. So every individual is different, just like even with the nutrition and training. Everyone's different and supplementation. You've got to try different things. Different things work for different people and it's the same with everything in life. Like, So you've got to ride the wave. Sometimes if it's not... That's how it felt for me. It may not necessarily be for me. It may be. Maybe I'll have another go. <laughs> but um, but now I just like because I mean it is energy expenditure calories in versus calories out protein I like moderate you know moderate to high the energy which is your carb, good energy carbs and your fats bring that down a little bit until you feel a bit flat bring it back up you'll get leaner and harder because I mean those last few weeks of a bodybuilding competition majority of people their protein is quite moderate to high and their energy expenditure is horribly low as you know when you get lean that's how you got to do it the carbs and the fats got to come down you feel crap you know, if, you, if it's this, this extreme, I've kind of look at it now and I say most people are living like this. If it's that extreme to get in bodybuilding condition or, you know, stage condition, can you live here? Live here and just do that for two years. And all of a sudden, that for me personally, that's how it's seeming to allow my body to um, continue to improve. Um, and it's, it's sustainable. I feel good. I can maintain, um, you know, relationships. <laughs> I was going to say that. But then... Yeah, I've just separated from the wife, so that's maybe yeah. not true. But that's not that's not that's not applicable to yeah. the uh, to diet nutrition without a doubt. But it is. It's, a, it's just if you can maintain that, you should be able to progress. Yeah, you know. And then when like the, I look at it like two steps forward, one step back, you know, in the way of like I might push it for two weeks, I might bring my calories down a little bit more, do a bit of cardio, see my body change a little bit, and then I just go back to where I was for a week and can continue along there. It's like I've just given myself a little boost, I got a little leaner, and I can maintain that. If I want to, so yeah, yeah. As much as obviously for people listening who've never competed before, or you may be at the start of your fat loss journey, it's not all bad. It's a it's a short term sacrifice almost for a long term gain because where you're at currently in your life, you've got there through uh, habitual na- your habitual nature, through your behavioural patterns, what food you're eating, what exercise you're doing. But in order to change that, first of all, you need to take action, but Taking action over a long enough period of time, your body's, as we, I briefly mentioned it about 10 minutes or so ago, is your body's natural homeostasis or balance will change so that you can maintain a leaner physique, you can maintain a healthier lifestyle. Will it be difficult to start with? Yes, absolutely. However, over a long enough period of time, and everyone's very different with this, 
is that you will be able to maintain that and that's what we want because it's not how far you can get it's how easy or how long you can stay there yeah is what we're sort of after so that's always it yeah it's a good point it's not it's not all bad it's no, it's not, not all bad no, no. Like real bad. Yeah, it's not all bad and like, it, what the fuck these yeah, guys oh, it's man. the most horrible thing in the world <laughs> doing anything no 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 that's the thing it's it's not it's not all bad it is very rewarding and it some people absolutely love it and yeah I think def- define your your why and your definition of fulfillment. As you as you sort of said there when you spoke to Nate, who's a, who's a good friend of both of ours, and he's happy staying. He doesn't have to compete. He doesn't have to go to the extreme of getting on stage or because his fulfillment is what he's doing. Not not, not to mention his physique is better oh, than the majority. Oh, it's ridiculous. Of people yeah. on stage that on that day, like him, him, what he walks around as he is, is better yeah. than the yeah. majority of them. And yeah. trains fucking hard, you know, like trains hard for it but that that's his definition of fulfillment so whenever you if you're looking to compete or do a photo shoot first and foremost i'd advise you define what you why you're doing it because that external validation that you're you're wanting doesn't fucking exist Mm. you know like you could prep for nine months you're getting on stage for I don't know, three minutes five minutes whatever it might be and if if that's what you're searching for it's not going to happen you need search for that internal validation of like, okay, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for my health. I'm doing this for, if, but if competing at the same time is is the be all and end all, fucking go for it. Yeah, that's when you but you got to look for that internal validation, not external. For sure, I'm getting out there. Um, so we we got some bodybuilding potentially going to compete again. Potentially, again, potentially yeah. only because again I continue to see my body improve. <sighs> just whether it's got to be the right time as well yes. that's the other thing there's no there is no ever right time to, to prep like it, there's always something that will come mm. up for sacrifices that need to be made so potentially potentially potentially, potentially. so <laughs> well you're looking great now <laughs> thanks brother great now you too, you uh, too. thank you I, uh, I try I try I just need to stop uh, well we're actually we're on holiday up here on the, on the Sunshine Coast so uh, it's uh, our diet's been light, less than. Uh, <laughs> I think we had some homemade pancakes this morning, which oh, was incredible. <laughs> and no, there was no tracking. I guess they were highly calorically dense, but they were amazing. It's balanced. It's all well, balanced. exactly right. Exactly it's right. Like I, I prepped for nine months for two hundred sixty-five days. Oh yeah. Um, and it, as you sort of spoke about before, it's not for the faint-hearted. It is psychological fucking juggernaut of a challenge but also the reward at the end of it's incredible yeah like your behavior change your lifestyle changes and you don't have to do that much to maintain that purely because you've changed that much anyway eating habits have changed um you know um tracking food and stuff's become more autonomous yeah than anything like you don't think about it you're like well yeah i'm just gonna track for a little bit or Oh, get a little bit fluffy, do a little bit more cardio, add a little bit more sets. You might even go for, uh, you know, you might even add some drop sets at the end of a session or whatever it sort of might be increasing more energy expenditure, but it's not overly difficult to, to maintain it. Yep. The difficulty is getting there. Yeah, That's for sure. fucking hard. For sure. Getting there and, and maintaining that, you're sweet. So bodybuilding uh, potentially going against, but music, What's the next step with that? Because as we spoke a little bit off camera, I want, I want to sort of share that with the people. Yeah, so for what's sure. What's next for you in music? So I'm definitely going to release some tracks. I did some tracks when I was 25, and that was the last time I'd been in the studio up until leaving the Sony Studios. Mm-hmm. And how old are you now? 30. Mm-hmm. Turned 30, like, yeah, two months ago. Um, Happy birthday, two months ago. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Better let me know. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, there's one track from that recording when I was 25 that I'm gonna, I am going to release. Nice. 
and then I did one yeah on Thursday, um, and I've got I've got a few other originals. I've got a ton of originals, but I've got a few that I'm wanting to complete and do. So I'm going to invest the time and money to do so. Just because again, yeah, when I hit thirty, I just realised, hey, no one's going to do this for me. I'm going to have to do it myself. And that's cool, man. It's like even more recently, I've had conversations with people and they've asked me what's my passion. And obviously, I have a lot of passions, but my answer every time is music. And I just heard myself say it a few times and I just thought, what am I doing then? Like, I'm not doing any music. Like, I'm, I'm a jam on the guitar at home a little bit, but really. So, I, I booked that studio session just a couple of days ago and um, the whole day, like, it's exactly what it's where I'm meant to be, without a doubt. It's You're just on a high. Oh, it's where I'm meant to be. And I've always known that. Like, it's like, even in my teens, we had a, I had a small recording machine at home and I remember in my high school year, my parents would come up and it'd be two in the morning. I'd be having school the next day. And I'd do all the instruments and I was writing these songs and I'd put it all together, guitars, bass, and, and then I'd be at the mixing stage and they'd come on and they'd be like, Joyce, you gotta go to bed. And I'd be like, just just one more minute. Like, <laughs> and I could, because it's what, you know when people say, what keeps you up at night? Like, what would you just be prepared to do and not be paid and whatnot? That is 100% what it's always been. So yeah, I'm listening to what I'm saying even right now again. And that's what I'm gonna pursue um, more vigilantly, I guess. Um, and then yeah I'm going to release so I'm going to release on Spotify I'm going to release I have my videographer mate come up and do some footage so we'll do some clips I'm going to do clips for all of them because the other great thing is it's just a totally different industry and market now so you know opposed to CDs and, and, and the record deals and kind of thing like you can just do it yourself exactly. the platforms are all there If um, and the thing is I could not care less and this is why I'm really excited about it I could not care less if no one listens to it like, and that was the other thing is when we did the recordings um when I was younger, the producers did chime in on the songs and did change parts. And, you know, they were paying for it, so fair enough. But I still listen to those parts and I'm like, nah, nah, I don't like right. that. And that's why even with this, I'm like, I want to do this exactly how I want to do it. And I'm confident in my songwriting ability. And every musician, like, or any artist, like Elvis. Some people love Elvis. Some people hate Elvis. Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get everybody. And I couldn't care less about doing so. It's more about putting it together and me listening to that and going, yeah, that's fucking sick. That's cool. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm going to do. And even this first track I've done, that's how I feel about it. Um, you still got to get them mixed and mastered and add the bits and pieces. But yeah, man, I'm going to release it. And I don't, I don't even, I don't know what it'll, what will come of it, but I don't care. Like, I just know that that's what I'm going to do. So yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and if you're in this room right now, I, I, I'm a big sort of energy person. I can just feel these insane positive vibes coming through right now. Yeah. Like, I want to go just do, what, what do I love? Let's go. What are we going to do? And you know, like, and that's incredible. I love that you've been able to find that fulfillment, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's almost like you always knew since you were four years old that that's what it was going to be. And it, yep. it's 26 years later it's still there and I think that's how you know. That's you're like, this is what I need to do for the rest of my life, regardless how long it takes, regardless if it's successful or not, it doesn't yeah. matter. It does not matter. Honestly. I think yeah. that's when you find that you, that's your passion. And yeah. that is it. And that's the other thing, even since um because I did I mentioned it, separated from my wife like six months ago. So since then that's been a journey in itself. And I've just addressed yeah, I've just addressed like things that like passions that I should have been, you know, connected with that would have made me a, will make me a better person, you know, more true to myself. And that's one of them. The music is one of them. So that's the other reason, like in the songs I'm writing, there's, there is, like, that's always been something great. I can write a song if something's going on, if, you know, people have passed away, things like that. I can, I can let that emotion out with songs and, mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. So 
doing that again and it's just it's coming together like really fluently and 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 um yeah i'm really enjoying what i'm producing so yeah and music's like it's the oldest form of storytelling you know like so you you're sharing your experience your life experience and hopefully people can well, there will be no doubt there will be people that can resonate with that story and that can inspire them to overcome what you've already been through that you're telling throughout your song or to inspire them to take that leap of faith and go it's never too late you yeah. can still follow your passion yeah. you know, regardless of what, what message you're trying to spread during your song so I love that I absolutely love that um, is there a particular quote or value that you live by at the moment it could be a quote from Dragon Ball Z it could be <laughs> Well, actually, right behind you right there is my... I've always got that whiteboard and I've always got oh, cool. a ton of good sayings to keep me grounded yeah. and then some goals. But one that I've got, that there's a few on there. I met a guy named Kurak Ashley. He's from the Sunshine Coast here. He's a life coach. Met him in store. Well, we got to know him anyway and then eventually, probably the third or fourth time we, we, were, we were talking, I was like, what do you do, Kurak? And he's like, I'm a life coach. I was like, man, that's sick. Like, yeah. I love that stuff. This was probably when I was three, three or four years ago. And I was like, oh, you know, tell me a bit about it. And he's like, well, I've got my book in the car. I'll like, grab the book. Brought the book in. It's the number one bestseller. And, it, and I'm like, oh, it's called How Would Love Respond? Pitch to get that book. If that's, I'm reading it again right now. I've probably read it five times. Like I just read it over and over. I've said to people, oh, I'm going to digress a little bit, but I've said to people, and I mean it, if I was locked in a cage, if you were locked in a prison cell for whatever reason or just isolated or whatever, give me that book and I'm set. I swear to God, that's how I feel about that book. Mm. Whenever I read that book, I just want to get up and dance. I'm not a great dancer, but I, will, I want to get I up and dance. <laughs> Honestly, it's just, it's energy. But anyway, um, he gave me the book and then I was like, tell me a bit about it. And he starts name dropping. Um, and he's like, oh, I used to be an actor, like um, good mates with John Travolta, good mates with Sylvester Stallone, was in Chuck Norris, Delta Zone 2. Was like, just drop. And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and then what was the other thing he said he was he was Tony he was on Tony Robbins um, circuit for five years he worked for Tony Robbins on his circuit for five years as the health and fitness advocate so after Tony speak he'd come out and speak about something like that because he's dropping all this stuff and I'm like I don't I don't think I believe you anymore yeah. like you've mentioned too many things but I wasn't going to say anything but anyway he gave me the book and he left and I after that late, late afternoon I googled because I was like oh, that guy was dropping some serious you know bombs mm. googled him and yeah legit legit what? like was in a Hollywood ton of movies as an actor um, worked with Tony Robbins for, for that that whole period of time worked with like Kuwaiti oil companies like as a, as a coach like he's got the world record for fire walking like walking on fire what? I know and I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like texting him like, bro, great to meet you. I'm like, can I buy you a coffee? So we ended up becoming good friends and I got to have a coffee with him. He signed the book for me. Um, and yeah, like it just, and then the book itself. And look, that's the thing. I don't know if it's because I met him. Like people have said, oh, maybe it's because you met him why the book has had such an impact on me. But I don't believe it to be really true. Matters, really. I don't believe it to be true. That book, it's just, it's just, ah, uh, it just resonates with mm. life and, and, and energy and frequency yeah. and, and so a couple of quotes I'm raving on. A couple of quotes that I took from there was always ask yourself what's great about this. No matter what's going on and it's the weirdest thing. Like, and he talks about even when his dad passed away, he, he said it to himself. He's like, what's great about this? Like, and it's such a weird question, like mm. way to put it. But you can always answer that. And his answer at the time was something along the lines of, you know, well, how great is it that I'm, you know, 40 years old and I've got like my, my dad's been there for that whole period of time. I've had to, got to know him opposed to, 
Guys have lost their dad when they were five years old or 10 years old or 15 years, whatever the case may be. How great is that? And ever since I read that, man, like I latch onto that all the time. Like what's great about this? Because there always is. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. Just keep going. One more step, one more corner. You do not know what's around that corner and it could be just there. Like it could just be there and you're going to pull the pin. And, um, and taking action because with what you want to do because even if you don't take action towards what you want to do that's an action and it's it's not going to go where you want it to go you know and you're better to um fail at something that you, that you love than failing at something you don't love you know and that's why even with the music for me i'm like there's no failure for me with it anyway because it's music like it's produced it's finished it is what it is but why am i not doing that even if it becomes nothing that's what i love you know opposed to trying to pursue things that um things i'm still interested in but if something's really obvious you should definitely include it at the very least so yeah what's great about this and what is the other one there's a whole bunch on here man let the i'll I'll give them to you actually let the first impulse pass wait for the second oh that served me well yeah served me well just like circumstances where opportunities have come about by me not reacting and being irrational Mm. and just that which is so easy to do just hold on sleep on it the next day you're like hey (laughs) this ain't so bad like i'm glad i didn't bite it kind of thing so things like that um what's another one uh, yeah there is a lot here there uh, is a lot. i'm just trying to think it's great if, oh and the other one from qx book that's the only one i'd want to how would love respond to this they're the kind of questions he throws at you how would love okay. respond to this so if something's going down and it's happened before no matter what's coming at you how would love respond to this you know how would you know like your highest conscious self how would a noble king, someone else said that to me, how would a noble king respond to this and how would they handle this? And then having that approach, man, that serves you well as well. I found that to be great because it's just, it detaches you personally from it. And it's like, what is what is the right thing to do here? Because if the other person's spitting at you or whatever the circumstance is, then you spitting back, it's never, when does that ever work out? It's never worked out for me if I really think about it. Um, as much as I might want to at times. But it's like, but then it's, it's opened doors for me, mm. like without going into too much detail. It has even recently, there's some serious doors that have been opened where years gone past that there was things I could have responded differently to. And it's literally paying off, even financially it's paying off. Like, and then I just sit there and think, wow, this is, these are good, these are good little kickers and yeah. ideas to, to remind yourself of. So, yeah. I like that. I like, I like them a lot. I think a lot of people get a lot of value out of, out of all those. <laughs> so, um, read, um, in terms of reading, is there a particular book, except from Curex book, that you've read that's that's changed your life or your perspective on life that you're like, that's a book that I recommend everyone read? There's obviously Curex book. Um, but is, is there another? It's a good one? question, actually, because man, I just jump on Curex book whenever anyone asks me about okay. a book. But it, that, that could be one. If, if that's the one, it, it, it is honestly, absolutely, okay. without a doubt, it's my Bible. It okay. is my Bible, but. Wayne Dyer, mm-hmm. you heard of Wayne Dyer? Yeah, I have, I have, yeah. So he came about at one stage not that long ago, and then it turned out I had one of his books here that was my dad read twenty five years ago. He's underlined all the way through. It was actually really. I'm big on energy and meant to be, and it was when we just I separated from my partner and I had my iPad on and I was always putting like um, Alan Watts on or like just positive things. So I didn't want to be in my own head every night and I was just playing over and over and over and I woke up I was dreaming and I had this like this story was being told but I was dreaming it and I was like it was this phenomenal story it was just you know inspiring and uplifting and I woke up and I realized oh it's the iPad playing 
looked over and I was like, oh, who's this old dude? I haven't seen him before because it just was going through YouTube videos and playing. And I was just, I was like one or two in the morning. I'm listening, watching it. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, like it, you know, save it. Went back to sleep. Then in the morning, went back. And I looked in probably two weeks. I just watched Wayne Dyer. Then I was like, oh, this guy's phenomenal. Turns out Wayne Dyer is Kurek Ashley's, one of his coaches, with one of his coaches. Yeah, I didn't know that up until more recently. But also, I was like, I just latched on to Wayne for about two weeks. And then I was down here. And I'd usually come down and do some invoicing early in the morning, like 5 a.m. or something. And this morning, I just felt like drawn to not do that and grab grab one of my books and I'd usually read a bit later and I didn't want to read I just got this what's it called everything is fucked about a it would be Mark, by Mark Manson Mark it's probably, Manson. It's probably something in there yeah so uh, that was the next book I was ready to read and I went to grab it because I was like I'm not going to do these invoicing I'm going to grab that and I've read his first book and for some reason I was just not that keen because I was like, I know there's a lot of language in there and I'm not against swearing, but I'm just, was like, I just, it's, I maybe felt it was a little unnecessary in his mm. first book, maybe too much. But I was like, nah, I don't feel like reading that. I might see what else I've got in the drawer here and have a look. And then bam, I was like, Wayne Dyer, isn't that the guy that I'm watching heaps? Because I didn't, I'd never purchased the book and I don't know how it ended up there, whether my dad brought it up at one stage. So I pulled that out and I've started reading that and that is probably the other book that very similar aligned to like Curex kind of message but that's the other one and what's the book called? the one I'm reading is uh, there's a spiritual solution to every problem okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah so and the other thing that was in there I'm raving on but no go the other so because that morning when, so I got the book I saw it and I was like that's that's weird like you know um, that's the guy I didn't even know I had this book and then I saw it, it was my dad had read it about 25 years ago read the um, preface, like the start of the book kind of thing, and he acknowledges St. Francis, um, Pope Francis of Assisi. I think it's Francis of Assisi. Mm. It's random. But he's... Um, On the camera. And <laughs> has gone. Is it really? <laughs> no card on. I'm raving on that. Hit the... Hit the... Hit the on run. Oh, it doesn't matter because we've got it on the podcast anyway. Yeah, this, yeah, that, yeah. That's the YouTube, is that anyway? Honestly, I want to get rid of this fucking. Crew. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, change, change crew for the next one. Yeah. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, podcast. It's my girlfriend. I'm gonna. She's part of the crew. Well, she was part of the crew. She's done. <laughs> oh, good. Anywho, um, sorry, keep going. Yeah, so we got. Yeah. The- so it, I read the preface, and there was this. There's this prayer. It's called the um. Oh, man, now yeah, I can't even remember what it's called. Peace Prayer, The Peace Prayer by Francis of Assisi. And my dad said it to me when I was about 25 and I had some challenges going on and he was saying it to me over and over. Well, he said it to me and he was like, say that out loud. Like, and the, the saying was, um, Lord, I'm an instrument of your peace. Use me. And I'm not an overly holy person, but I am spiritual and energy without a doubt. And that led me to having a bit of an experience when I was 25, really positive. And that's why when I picked that book up, the whole book is about St. Francis of Assisi's prayer, that prayer. Because I started reading it and the first, and like he acknowledged the prayer and, and that inspired him. Because it's a really random prayer and not, not many people, not many people know. It. I almost got it tattooed on me like when I was twenty five. Mm. I get really attached to it. And then I was like, whoa, like I'm meant to be. Because I felt so drawn that morning to just go that way and not do this and that and yada yada yada. And yeah, when I read it, read the prayer, then started reading the book. Great book. And then the whole second half of the book is the prayer. That prayer, the peace prayer, broken down piece by piece and him talking about it so I was like whoa meant this is meant to be 
because that prayer honestly changed my life. I do honestly believe in my heart, me saying it out loud when I was led me to having this this moment um, when I was 25, which was incredibly positive. So, yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's a perfect, perfect place to, to end on. So where can people find you? Like obviously with the album being written and tracks and things like that, where should people keep an eye out for? It'll that? be... Probably best on my Instagram. Too, okay, and what's, your, what's your Instagram handle? I will link it below anyway in the show notes. But what is it? I think it's I think it's four underscores. And then Jules. Yeah, J U L Z, and then two underscores. I'm pretty right, sure. Okay. But if you look <laughs> up, yeah, if you look up Julius, you should find it. You should find it. If yeah. If, not, if, if not, not, it's no big deal. Yeah, it's, it's not like, a big deal. If, <laughs> if not, go into go to my Instagram and go into friends and just put Jules. You're the only Jules that's there. Anyway, <laughs> so. Uh, and I'll make it easy because if any other jewels tries adding me, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> denied. No, sorry. <laughs> it's like my uncle, right? Sorry, dude. <laughs> You're not having any of that. So definitely go check out Jules' Instagram page and go keep an eye out for the new album coming out and obviously any new tracks that are going to be written. But firstly, lastly, should I say thank you so much again for being on the phone? Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you for having welcome. me. Oh, man.